Oh, I don't think this is an exaggeration, um, but we're all tired of disruption. Uh, we're tired of the challenges this year has brought on, but here we are. We, we made it, right? Day before Christmas, and uh, I don't know where you find yourself, but I know some of you are, uh, are, are going right along with your normal traditions, your normal celebrations uh, this time of year. You're with family, and um, the next day or so is going to be a day of joy and laughter and uh, lots of good food, and, and you're in a good place. But I also know there are others at the other end of the spectrum uh, where your traditions and your normal celebrations might not be happening like they were, or at least they're, they're adjusted or maybe they're scrapped altogether, which is just one more disappointment piled onto uh, the dumpster fire of 2020, right? Um, but regardless of where um, you find yourself uh, right now and today, I, I, I don't think I'm alone in this, but I think we've all tried to, to figure out how to find uh, the meaning and the purpose in what has seemed to be uh, meaningless and purposeless events in 2020, right? The, the, the uncertainty, the, the, the randomness, the, 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 the multiple areas of pain that um, multiple people have experienced over the last year. And I actually think the Christmas story can help us with this. And in fact, I think the, the challenges we're facing this Christmas aren't that different from the challenges that were faced in the very first Christmas. Um, the, 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 the uncertainty and the different things that we're facing this year are certainly unique, but they're not that different from what happened that very first Christmas. In fact, the, the Christmas story doesn't even start 2,000 years ago. The Christmas story actually starts 4,000 years ago. So the Christmas story didn't start with a young couple um, trying to figure out how in the world they got pregnant. It actually started with an older couple worried that they'd never get pregnant. It doesn't begin uh, with a young couple trying to figure out, where are we going to have this baby? It actually started with a much older couple, pretty confident that they were never going to have one. And it doesn't begin with the, the, shepherd, or the angel's um, declaration to the shepherds in Matthew or Luke. It actually begins with God's promise to the world in Genesis. And it's not just any promise. Uh, Christmas started with an unbelievable, incoherent, impossible promise. It, it's, it was the kind of thing that um, if your 2020 self could visit your 2019 self and tell you all of the things that you would experience and all the things that were going to happen in 2020, you just wouldn't believe it because it would be unbelievable, incoherent, and impossible. And yet, that was the promise that God made, and it's the promise that makes the thing, the, the part of the Christmas story, so remarkable. And so that's what I want to look at here for just a couple minutes. It's actually found in Genesis um, chapter 12. Here's where the Christmas story um, actually begins. It says this, The Lord had said to Abram, and we know that God eventually changes Abram's name to Abraham. But here's what he says. He says, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. And we're not sure why God chose Abraham any more than why God chose Mary and Joseph. But he tells them to do something crazy. He tells him to do something that didn't make any sense. He tells him to leave the safety and predictability of his life and his family and his tribe and just go. Just start going and I'll tell you when you get to the place I want you to go. And then the promises begin. God says to this 75-year-old man who doesn't have any children, 
I will make you into a great nation. And, and I, I wonder if Abraham said, okay, that sounds great, but can we just start with a great dad? I'd, I'd, I'd just like to start with, with being a dad. But God says, no, I'll make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And again, Abraham could have said, I don't know about great, but I'm pretty sure it'll be forgotten. If I leave all the people that I know, if I, if I leave the safety and security of my tribe, my, nobody's going to remember me. But God just keeps going, and you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. And in ancient times, what God is saying here to Abraham is crazy, but this last part is the craziest part of all because people were not in the habit of blessing other people. Nations were not in the habit of blessing other nations. People conquered other people. <laughs> nations enslaved other nations. They, they plundered other nations. And yet, here God says, Abraham, you're actually going to be a blessing. We're we're going to do something different. And then here comes the most unbelievable, incoherent, impossible part of all of this. God says, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. All the peoples on the earth are going to be blessed through you, Abraham. You who are 75 years old and you don't have any children. All people groups, every tribe, clan, every gathering of families, they didn't really have nations the way we think of nations back then. But every single people group would ultimately and eventually be blessed through you, Abraham. That made absolutely no sense. Made absolutely no sense at all. And yet, we're told, if you keep reading, we're told that Abraham chose to believe the unbelievable. He, he chose to respond, I, I don't see how this can work. I don't have any children. I won't be around to see whether or not I become a nation. But because of the promise maker, because of who you are, God, I will choose to believe this unbelievable, incoherent, completely impossible promise. Abraham chose to believe the unbelievable. And, and you know, many of you know the rest of the story. Abraham did eventually have a son who had two sons, who had multiple sons, and on and on and on and on it went until eventually Abraham's family did in fact become a nation. His, his descendants became a nation, except they were a nation in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. To which they could have said, I don't think we're in a spot where we're being blessed, and I really don't think we can be a blessing to the world as Father Abraham was told by God. And then Moses comes onto the scene, and he rescues and, and leads them through the wilderness for 40 years, eventually ending up in the promised land. A trip that should have taken four months ended up taking 40 years. Do you think they were feeling blessed during that time? I mean, I mean they obviously were when you read the story, but were they in a position to be a blessing to anybody during that time? They eventually get to the promised land. About a thousand years go by. So they become a family, a nation. Eventually that nation became a kingdom. And under King David and Solomon, for the first time in history, the nation of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, are in a position to do something significant on the world stage. They're finally in a position where they can actually be a blessing to the world. And yet they, they couldn't get their act together. And for the next two to three hundred years, there was chaos between Abraham's descendants. They couldn't even bless each other, much less bless the world. It was just chaos. And it was into that chaos that God sends a prophet. God sends Isaiah to speak to the people. Uh, the, the unbelievable, incoherent, impossible promise seems further away than ever. They're, they're on the verge of being 
completely overrun by the latest superpower of the, of the day. And, and Isaiah says this to them. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And the sign is the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Uh, another unbelievable, incoherent, impossible promise. Because they would have heard this and thought, how does that help us? <laughs> what, 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 how in the world is that relevant to what we're facing right now? And sure enough, after Isaiah's prophecy, the, the Assyrians conquer them. And then the Babylonians conquer them. And then the Persians. And then the Greeks. But yeah, the Lord is going to give us a sign. A, a young woman is going to have a baby and call him Emmanuel. That, that's really helpful. Like they couldn't hear it. They, they, they couldn't see it. There was too much chaos. Their circumstances were too overwhelming. They just couldn't see how that was at all relevant to what they were dealing with. And then to add insult to injury, in 63 BC, Rome would march into Jerusalem and conquer the city. And at that point in history, it was, that, that was game, set, and match. So, so God was partially correct, right? Like Abraham's descendants did in fact become a great nation. But the promises would, would stop there. Because all of the nations would not be blessed through Abraham. All of the nations would actually conquer Abraham. And that is what makes Christmas so unbelievable. It's what makes Christmas so impossibly magnificent. Because when things were as, as hopeless as they could possibly be, and there was a lot of hopelessness in the nation of Israel. When things were as hopeless as they could possibly be, when, when God's promise to Abraham, I mean, they knew it, but it was so far out of reach. When things were just the way God wanted them. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, <laughs> a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, who was a descendant of Abraham. And, and one of the things about this, like we just, I think we look over it so much, is, is 2,000 years later, the majority of the world knows that virgin's name. Like this story, the story of Christmas is going to be read, it's going to be heard tomorrow, all around the world. And everybody will know her name. Even if you don't believe the story is true, you know her name. That's pretty unbelievable. But it's true. It's true. The angel goes on. She, the virgin, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so in the end, God did exactly what he promised. It took him longer than Abraham, I'm sure, expected. It happened in the most impossible way. But all the nations of the world were, in fact, blessed through Abraham because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And it's through the Christmas story, 
It's because of the Christmas story that we're reminded in the most remarkable way that God is active even when it seems like he's not. That God may be silent, but that doesn't mean he's still. That his delays are not his denials. And through his, this, this remarkable set of events on the world stage, we're reminded that God is interested in the affairs of men because God sent his son to be not just the savior of the world, but the savior of your world and my world. It's proof that even when circumstances argue to the contrary, that God can be trusted. That when God makes a promise, that God will follow through on that promise. And so here we find ourselves in, in, in 2020, we're at the end of a year that many of us would like to erase from history. But here we are, and we're in the middle of when God made a promise to send Jesus again in the moment that he actually does it. And we're finding ourselves faced with, okay, what do I do with that incoherent, unbelievable, impossible promise? How will I live this story out? It's a decision only you can make. It's a decision only I can make. But I hope, I hope that this year, I hope that Christmas this year, as, as, we, as we ask the question, who needs Christmas, right? I think if there's ever been a year that you need Christmas and I need Christmas and the world needs Christmas, it's this year. Merry Christmas to you and to your family. I hope the next um, couple days and whatever your celebration looks like is full of joy, is full of laughter, and more than anything, is full of worship for the one that's been sent, the one we call Emmanuel, the one that we call God with us, Jesus. Merry Christmas, everybody. See you in 2021.